Hello and welcome back to After Whistle Sports. Um, I'm Dylan. I'm joined by the other Dylan. And um, we actually swapped out Chase today, so I guess that's a positive. Um, and we have our friend Jack here, who's a big college basketball fan. Um, and we're coming up close to March, which means we're going to be in full swing with college basketball analysis. Um, we have a lot of stuff to go over today. We're going to start quickly with just a recap um, of some of the I just want to chime in real quick. Go ahead. If anyone was listening to my final four picks from before oh, basketball started. We're going to forget about those. We're just going to forget it's about It's looking good. I'm just saying, if you guys – if you guys were keeping track, you can see that my picks are all still eligible. Unlike Chase and Smith, who had like Michigan State. Well, no, I I, I had Creighton, but I also had Duke, so let's just like forget about that. <laughs> yeah, I my teams are still eligible. Hey, Michigan State. All right, talking about Final Fours, um, <laughs> the longstanding number two team in the country, who just came off a COVID pause for I think 21 days, um, Baylor played a game last night against Iowa State. And this game was super close. And if Iowa State was a semi-competent basketball program, um, they would have won. But Baylor ends up winning this game. Um, but they definitely looked really rusty, and they struggled a lot. And we've seen that with other teams coming off of COVID pauses. Um, what do you guys make of that? And if you're Baylor, like, are you – what are you thinking about this? Are, are you no, talking- you're not worried if you're Baylor. As bad I mean, and awful as Ohio, uh, Iowa State is – they're coming off, as you said, 21 days of not playing basketball. Half of their players are still winded from running up and down the court because that's what COVID does. So if you're Baylor, you're just thinking about, I got to survive. I Instead of taking it, you know, oh, we're looking at our next best team, they got to play every game one at a time and hyper-focus in because it's going to get progressively harder as the games start to ramp up. And they're playing, you know, two, three games in the span of four days because it's hard to catch your breath. I mean, if you just look at their schedule in the next couple of days, they've got uh, Kansas, West Virginia, Oklahoma State, and Texas Tech. So if I'm Baylor, this is, you know, definitely a wake-up call. Uh, I think, you know, they've got definitely got some stuff to work on, you know, keeping the game close uh, against such a, a, a dismal team. Uh, so, you know, hopefully they can just – I mean, they, they still squeaked it out. They're 18-0, and 0, and they can just, you know, build on it going, build on it going into, the, into the season tournaments. Yeah, and talking about teams that really need to get get some wins to uh, move forward, like I'm looking at Michigan State over here, who, if you asked me a week ago, I would have said they're absolutely dead, no chance. They're going to finally miss the tournament. And like, after 20 consecutive years of making the tournament, this could be the year they don't. Um, and just like that, Tom Izzo and the Spartans end up getting a huge win over the um, then-ranked number five Illini, which I think is going to change. Um, but I kind of saw this coming. I'm not going to lie. I sent a text um, to you guys saying that I like Michigan State in this one. Um, Illinois, if you've been watching them in the past couple of weeks, I still think they're a good team, and they're definitely worthy of making a run in the tournament. But um, two weeks ago, they went to overtime with Nebraska. So who hasn't – by the way, up until that point, Nebraska has only won, like, I think one out of the last 27 Big Ten games. So that was kind of eye-opening for me. And then they have a close game against Northwestern, and they pull out a, pull out a win. Um, they beat Minnesota on the road. They looked incredible. But we've seen two different Illinois this year. We've seen, like, a really dominant Illinois that goes out and, and beats Minnesota on the road by 30. Um, and then we see the Illinois that loses to, like, a really 
just not good Michigan State team. Uh, what, what do we make of that? Well, I, as you focused on the Illinois aspect. I'm going to focus on the Michigan State aspect. So M- Michigan State's also a complete up-and-down team. You know, they, they can beat Illinois every once in a while and look good in other games. And, for instance, they, they play Iowa a week earlier, and it's, you know, semi-close. It's a six-point game. A week later, they lose by 30. They're so inconsistent, and that's not normal for a Michigan State team. A Michigan State team's normally, you know, they have like four losses and they have one bad loss in there. But this is like something we've never seen before, which scares me for the come tournament time because they could easily be a first round out. Well, they're or, trying to get into the tournament. Well, yeah. Currently, like, they're not even – I don't think they're on the bubble yet. They, they I could if they win – they play Michigan twice, and I think they play Ohio State. So, like, they have an opportunity to – But they have to play perfect basketball. I mean, and that's going to be tough against Ohio State and Michigan twice. They definitely, to be in the conversation, need to win at least one of those three games. Yeah. Um, next, let's go to a team. Um, back to the Big 12, uh, who I've – I don't know. They, they kind of sprung up on, on people, I feel like, Oklahoma. Um, they, they've really overachieved their expectations. So I, I feel bad kind of putting them on here like this. Um, but they lost to Kansas State, who, talking about some of the worst Power 5 teams, are definitely up there. Um, and I, I just don't know. I, I'm not yet sold on Oklahoma being a top three seed. I think I would like them maybe the four and five range. Um, but they were ranked at number seven, and I just think that's way too high. I mean, yeah, coming off that uh, double OT win at West Virginia, it, it's hard not to, to move them up in the rankings. But, uh, you know, they, they've, they're another one that's had, you know, a tough schedule, an up-and-down year, you know, hasn't really performed as well against some of these, you know, top-tier teams. But another one who could be a first-round exit or, you know, Elite Eight team. So it's, yeah. it's tough. I, I will say, I think if you see somehow Oklahoma on the three-line, I think that's going to be a really popular pick for, like, a 14 seed over a three seed. Um, And we've seen that a couple of years now. Uh, It's just a team that I think they benefit from being in in a really solid conference of the Big 12. And so some of those wins um, against top-tier opponents are going to look a lot better. But then they also have these, like, terrible losses. Uh, And especially this one. Like, you really – this Kansas State team this year – is just not good. Like they fall in like the Iowa State Nebraska category. Uh, it, to, and and it wasn't. I mean, it, that's true. But two wins against West Virginia, uh, a win against Texas, a win against Kansas, and a win against Alabama. I mean, they're they've got uh, Oklahoma State twice, so that should be interesting. And then Texas again uh, coming up. But while while we're on this topic of like sprung up teams. I really love Alabama. I'm just going to put it out there. I think we're going to get, it. We're going to, get to them later. I think we have them I'm, I'm just saying, I love Alabama. Uh, well, talking about teams that are trending up, uh, we're going to be doing a quick trending up, trending down with a couple of our picks. I'll start first with my first trending up, and I'm just going to say Blue Bloods as a whole uh, because like a month ago, it was looking like maybe none of these teams were going to make the tournament. Um, now UNC is probably – they, they should be in at probably like an eight seed, probably maybe even better. Um, Duke is suddenly like looking really good. They have a huge win against Virginia um, and they had a, another big win against Syracuse. 
And so I think if they win maybe three, four more games and do well in the ACC tournament, I think they could find themselves in the tournament again. Michigan State, of course, with that big win. Um, Kansas just got off a loss, but they've, they've been playing better basketball. Um, and I think that's just something that's really interesting to look at because if we were to talk about this a month ago, we would say this is absolutely incredible how none of these Blue Blood teams are playing well at all. Um, but maybe some teams can sneak in and, you know, that's a really hard um, game to play if you're in the round of 32 and you're a high seed and you have to go against one of these teams. Yeah, I mean, well coached and, you know, they, they could always beat you. Uh, the first team I like that's trending up is uh, West Virginia. I've watched them play basketball a lot. Uh, they've won five of their last six, uh, four, four of them against ranked opponents. Their only loss being that double OT uh, heartbreaker versus Oklahoma, where he talked about. Uh, you know, beginning of the year, they had a little bit of a rough start, but they uh, played Gonzaga close. And, uh, you know, I think they're they're a Final Four caliber team. Their guards, you know, score. Uh, they've got a good defense. And uh, they, they could definitely make a run. I like West Virginia, too. I think they're playing really well. And they have one of the best players in the Big 12, Deuce McBride. He's a really cool name, by the way. But if you, if you ever watch West Virginia basketball, he's um, – the guy who guards the best player on the other team. And he's also great in pick and roll situations. And he's just a great player to have going to March. Yeah. Um, I just want to, you, you guys did the trending up. I want to like a big trending down team is Wisconsin. They have had an awful, awful month. I don't think they beat a ranked up. They beat two ranked opponents. And that's one was Michigan state when they were ranked and the others are Louisville. Otherwise, yeah, Iowa, uh, Wisconsin has not beat a ranked opponent. Listen to this. Listen to this. Since January first, okay, so about two months ago, they are seven and six altogether, and and they have lost all all. They have not beat a ranked team. They lost to Michigan. They lost to Ohio State. They have lost to Illinois. Lost to Penn State. Michigan again, and then they lost to Iowa. And they have Illinois coming up. And I think this might be the biggest game of the season for them. Yeah. Is this – they have – it's a must win. It's definitely a must win. Something I mean, to be fair, those, four of those five ranked losses were against top five, you know, I guess not anymore, but ranked top five teams in the country, Michigan, Illinois, and Ohio State. You know, the loss to Penn State, that's not excusable. But in Iowa, Iowa's, you know, always offensive can overpower you on any day and be a, you know, top five team in the country. But this is – I agree the next, you know – but, Two, three games. I mean, you play in the Big Ten, so you're expected to always play these top five teams, and you're expected to at least beat one of them. I mean, they're not even top five. You're expected to beat I mean, I just, I just don't think Wisconsin was really ever on, on the level of some of these other uh, – I mean, I, I watched the, the first half uh, then when they played Northwestern, and uh, they were just – I mean, Northwestern was keeping them close. Like, you, you got to be burying these teams if you're – The if issue you're is Wisconsin can outscore the basketball, and they've had offensive problems the entire year. Listen to this. Okay, so since January 1st, so, like, when they started losing all these games, they're ranked fifth in defensive efficiency, but 101st in offensive efficiency. That is how you, that's how you lose in the first round of the tournament. There's literally the first yeah. And for a team that's experienced, I'm pretty sure they have like the oldest roster in college basketball. For a team that's experienced to have these offensive troubles this late in the year is really eye-opening. And that's a red flag to me. 
I think another team, I don't know if Smith, you might have said that, yeah. but another team trending up is USC. Uh, I think Jack was going to touch on that. Yeah, USC has been playing incredible. They've been yeah. playing, besides that one, like, in my opinion, fluke loss to Arizona, they have just been going up and up and up and playing better and better and better. I mean, they've won, what is this, like, eight of the last nine. I mean, that game against Oregon, they just look dominant. And Oregon's not a bad team at all. I mean, they just cannot be stopped at, at the goal, the rebound. Yeah. And to go along with that, I, I'm kind of going to put my trending down pick with this. But um, I said trending down is the Pac-12 as a whole, just because I think the conference is really, really weak. Uh, they're looking at – I'm looking at the bracketology here, and I could see maybe three, only three Pac-12 teams in the tournament, okay? What yeah, three? USC, who is great. Like, they're by far the only bright spot of the Pac-12 this year. You have Oregon, who we just saw get – like, it wasn't a competitive game between Oregon and USC. Um, and then you can look at UCLA, who's, like, a solid team. But to me, I think there are Big Ten teams – like Rutgers and um, maybe even Minnesota, who are, who are maybe better teams. But the Pac-12 is like – and we kind of saw it last year because the Pac-12 wasn't, wasn't too strong last year. But for like an area that's had so much basketball success in basketball history, for them to do so poorly this year is kind of a surprise to me. I, I feel like something like has switched the Pac-12 because football was the same way. Hey, well, I'll tell you what. Underperformed. I'll tell you what happened. The the kids in the West Coast in California, they stopped like staying in the West Coast, and so you see these California kids who are national recruits, and they're going to places outside of California. And California is probably the biggest hotspot for like high school talent out there, and they're just leaving. It's like a mass exodus of these guys. So um, I think we'll do a couple more trending picks. Um, uh, I'll, I, someone who I think is definitely trending down is the Missouri Tigers. Uh, you know, they, they looked great, uh, a month ago. Uh, they, they beat, a, you know, a Tennessee team who they beat U of I, they beat Tennessee. I mean, they beat Oregon and they've just, I mean, they've dropped four of the last five all against unranked teams. Uh, you know, when I watched them beat Alabama, they, they just dominated Alabama and we already, you know, touched on how we, we like Alabama. They're, you know, Great defense. They push the ball, you know, pretty good offensive efficiency, but they uh, three. You know, play so really well. Alabama legit. And that game just, you know, Drew Smith and uh, they, Missouri just took over. And, I mean, they've just been bad. Like, I, I really – I don't, Dylan, I don't know if you've caught any of these games. I, I have not, but – So, I saw uh, them play, I think, Ole Miss. Uh, I think they lost to Ole Miss. And – I mean, I they lost like, by 21 points to Ole Miss. Like, I, I wasn't good. seeing the same Missouri team. And by the way, Missouri earlier in the season, if you, if you care about, like, those non-conference games, they beat Illinois, okay? So, um, I don't know what's going on with Missouri. I think the issue with Missouri is that defensively, they'll have really good games sometimes, but then those collapse. And those collapse. I think I think their three point shooting is also streaky. Pinson and, and and Drew Smith also. I think sometimes you know will combine for forty five points, and sometimes will you know they'll have to rely on the bench because they're they're just not scoring, which is not a good formula. Uh, I'm gonna do a final trending pick, and I'm gonna say trending up Loyola Chicago, um, because statistically, if you're into the analysis, 
they are absolutely crushing it. Okay. I'm pretty sure they were ranked top 10 in both Kempom and Torvik. Um, Number one defense right efficiency. now. And I actually had a chance to watch two of their games, which is two more Loyola Chicago games that I, that I didn't watch from um, their Final Four run from two years, like three years ago. Uh, but this is like a legit team. And I saw them play Drake twice. Okay, they, they crushed Drake the first time. They lost an OT to Drake the second time. And Drake's like a solid basketball team. But Loyola Chicago, when they're on and when they're hitting three-pointers, I think that they can they can be like a, like maybe a sneaky elite eight team. Okay, I I think when they're on, just because they're so good defensively, they have a senior center who's played in the final four, Cameron Krutwig, you know that the big dude who played in the final four against uh, in 2018. I think he's still there. And by the way, um, he's putting up insane really? numbers. So I mean, when you have that good of a center who's good defensively and offensively. Um, you're in everything, and they, they have pretty solid guard play, really good. They're really well coached, um, and they've been there before. I mean, Drake's 23 and 2, and they lost by 27 points to Wheel of Chicago. Uh, you went up 81 points when you've won. They also then beat them. Yeah, they, but they did beat them the next game, and I don't know how they held them to 30 less points the next day, but uh, uh, I mean, Dylan, if you caught that one, I don't know. Yeah, I watched that. It was, they, it was an OT, yeah. too. Yeah, it was an OT. Loyola, 50 to 51 in OT? Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah, it was bad. And like I said, they're going to have to make their shots because their defense is incredible. Um, there's, their offensive efficiency is a little bit um, – let's see. I th- yeah, they're 52 in offense and number one in defense. So we have like a little Iowa situation, except it's flipped with offense and defense. It's always hard to quantify how good these, you know, non-Power 5 teams are. We're talking about Loyola Chicago. We're talking about Gonzaga. I mean – Gonzaga's played, you know, they've had a yeah, tough out of conference. We can call Gonzaga, category. okay, we can call, they've played like a higher enough schedule to the point where we can call them. Like, also, but you just, I mean, you can look at the stats, but the, I mean, the offensive efficiency, if they're against teams who, you know, their defensive players are going to be accountants. And BYU, teams, but they played BYU twice, and they, I think they beat them by uh, soft version both times. While we're talking about this, the one problem, the one problem I have with a really good defense and a really bad offense is that's exactly how Virginia lost. That is is so they had a really good defense and a bad offense. And if they're going to score 40 points in March Madness, I don't care who they're playing, they're going to lose. Yeah, what, what if they play Wisconsin? <laughs> First to 35? It would, be, it, would be, it would be like a pickup basketball game. It would be a game of 21. Yeah, we can get our intramural team out there and yeah. throw up some threes. Um, okay, let's uh, look ahead to some tough matchups coming up from uh, recording this on Wednesday night. So the only like um, standout game tonight is uh, number six, Bama, going at number 20, Arkansas. And I was going to make a note of Arkansas as a trending up pick because they have been really, really good lately. And this is actually a team that um, has talent. They actually have a really solid five-star freshman, Moses Moody. So they're not just, like, one of these teams that are also winning just because they have, like, um, upperclassmen who are finally performing well, but they're, like, an actually – like, they have NBA players on this team. They're, it's a very solid team. But, again, Bama's also really good. So oh, what, what do we think there? Well, I know this is basketball, but it's going to come down to if Bama is going to score points. 
Like, obviously, that's, like, the point of basketball is to score the most points. Yeah, okay. <laughs> here's what's going to happen, okay? One team is going to have to score more points. All right, team. I think we're going to get three Devontae Smith touchdowns. <laughs> Mac Jones. But, no, they're going to need they're gonna need to put up 80, 90 points if they want to beat Arkansas. Like, the 65 that they lost to Missouri, they're just going to get killed. Like, they need to put up points. I mean, yeah. that's the thing about Alabama. I think they have, like, the fastest-paced offense besides maybe Gonzaga in the whole country. So it's just a matter of whether or not, you know, they're hitting these, these like, transition layups. And, uh, I mean, Arkansas has looked great. This is going to be a very telling game. Arkansas is actually favored despite being, you know, much lower ranked. They're at home. Uh, should be an interesting one. Yeah. Bama is shooting. Like, if you look at the games Bama wins versus the games that they lose, and just look at their three-point shooting, okay? So let's look at their losses real quick. So loss against Oklahoma, three-point shooting. Where were they? Okay, 10 for 28. And then you look at LSU, or not LSU, you look at a, a, like a Georgia win where they, they shot 33s. They, they shot 33s. And made 18 of them. <laughs> made 18 of them. Okay, like this is a three-point shooting team. And if you're going to be a team that lives and dies by the three – um, if you're playing a solid team like Arkansas, I mean, you just have to make those shots. Like, I don't know how else to say it. If you're going to shoot that much, um, you have to make them to win. That's right. what I would really say, yeah. And I, I think Arkansas is a team that if you kind of let them stick in this game, especially on the road, um, you can be entering into, like, some dangerous territory there because um, we've seen this in the SEC before where these solid teams go in and they just – um, go on the road like we saw like we saw with uh, um, who did Tennessee play I Tennessee played Kentucky I think and Kentucky's like alright but they got absolutely blown out of the water so Bama's just got to come prepared for this game Arkansas is pretty solid uh, next up let's look at the Pac-12 um, and we're talking about USC who we know is like the brand of that conference um, and Colorado, who I include, like, in the three out of the four, maybe four teams. They're probably, like, the maybe fourth team to get in. So this is a really big game for, I think, both teams. And, and Colorado is, at this point, probably playing this game to get into the tournament, almost like a playing game. Um, I personally think Colorado is going to win this game, as well as USC is playing, um, just because of the fact that they're at home. And um, they're actually a pretty solid defensive team. So I, I'm kind of interested to see how it's going to play out. Yeah, you know, Colorado already beat USC on the road. I mean, obviously we talked about USC's, you know, a different team than they were a couple of months ago. But uh, uh, Colorado against uh, – back when Tennessee, I think, had the number one defense in the country, they scored 47 points. I mean, you can't win basketball games if you're not scoring that much. They're at home. Uh, but I, I like USC in this one. Yeah, I, I'm going to agree with Jack. As we said, they're trending upward. USC, it's hard to beat a, a team that's like, you know, trending upward and finally making shots and everything like that. And on top, the only issue I see is playing in Colorado is difficult, to say the least. I, actually, that is. The, yeah. uh, you know, I'm not sure if it's different, though, because, like, they're inside. They're not, like, I don't know. But there's still an altitude. Well, like, how does the altitude affect them? Like, <laughs> it's still the harder to like, knock on the door and, like, they it's still harder to breathe, even, I mean, unless they're 
pumping oxygen into the stadium. It's we'll, have to, we'll have to have our analysts check on that one. But, uh, That's a good you know, you I just don't know if they have a solution for uh, Evan Mobley. He's just seven feet tall, scoring That's a lot fair. of points. Uh, it's going to be tough to stop. Yeah, confirming that's a big man. Yeah, he'll do it. And he shoots the three like in a really crazy percentage. I think he's a top, projected a top three pick in the draft, actually. Yeah, I think he'll be a top three pick, top four pick, probably. Definitely, yeah, top five. Um, let's go to a really good top ten matchup in the Big Ten. And we're going to get a lot of these lately because um, Michigan is, is playing Iowa, and then they play Illinois next week. So we're going to get a bunch of these top-tier matchups. Michigan coming off a big win against Ohio State, where they literally just played. I think they played a perfect offensive game. All right, no need to, no need to like you know. You watch the game. Idolize Michigan. That game was so good. Smith, I completely agree. I think Iowa sucks, so we'll just get into it. Iowa does not suck. Stop that. We'll we'll get into it. Michigan's gonna kill them. You know, yeah, I think we've beaten a dead horse on this blowing Iowa to bits thing. Michigan's look great. Iowa's. You never know with them, though. So I've said it from the beginning. Luca Garza is not uh, on the caliber. What? Are you kidding me? Luca Garza? He's like the two-time national player of the year. What are you talking about? Wait till he gets to the NBA, Smith. Wait till he gets to the NBA. Who cares? We're talking about college basketball. I I just can't. He can't shoot enough. He can't shoot enough to beat Michigan. Should I pull up his three-point percentage? I don't care how much he shoots, he won't be able to put up as many points as Michigan he's players. He's averaging up. 25 points a game. I mean, he's yeah, he's what are you talking about? A center shooting 70% from the free throw. What are you talking about? He's not gonna, 25 points is not going to beat Michigan. Dude, he's shooting 60% from the field for 25 points. Yeah, he's not going to, he can't beat Michigan. Him himself cannot be unique in that their big guys are like some of their best shooters. Garza, yeah. they've got that other guy. I don't know his name, but he's, he's shooting forty-five percent from three. Us, we talking about yeah, two, yeah. Know. I don't, I don't know about that hot take. Stop it, dude! Are you, are you slapping? You can hear it here on the podcast. He is gonna bust. Yes, yes, but he's gonna bust in the NBA, but he's gonna bust in the Michigan game. Dude, I, I could pay. I'll literally. I'll bet with you right now that he's gonna score over twenty points. Over over his average? No, not over. I said over twenty. You said he sucked. I mean, you're not gonna score over your average against the third best team yeah. in the country, but they're gonna need a big performance from him. So yeah, too know, bad he doesn't do it. It's so, definitely that's... a game that Iowa. Iowa's got something to prove. Michigan after that Ohio State win, like obviously they you know still want to secure one of those one seeds, but uh, I think Iowa's playing. Dude, can we get a clip? Can we get a clip of this where Yas is saying that Luca Garza sucks? So, so when he, in March he's putting up like forty points a game, we just show that to him. I mean, wait, wait, I, wait. nobody. Like, it's hard to stop Iowa. Just give me a sec. Let me crunch the numbers real quick. What? He has the best numbers in the game. He, he's the national player of the year. Wait, wait, wait just Whatever. just keep Whatever. talking. Dude, I'm crunching numbers. What are you talking about? This all right, you know. Uh, all right, let's go on to – Okay, yep, confirming. Every time he has played a ranked team, he has scored under 20 points. There's no way that's an actual – Mic drop. There's no way that's an actual – Somebody fact check that. Uh, My bad, excluding Wisconsin. You can't just exclude uh, a team. <laughs> Wisconsin's – I mean, they're they're terrible, but their defense is – Yas, Yas, Yas. What do you do, what do, you do against uh, – um, who they played? Have they played Ohio State? Yep, he had 16 in 36 minutes. Okay, how many rebounds? Uh, 
Give me a sec. Seven. Okay. So yeah, Those are great seven. numbers. Those are great numbers. Shall we go to the next one? All right. Um, Why are we even entertaining this conversation? Oh, Illinois. All right, Illinois. Let's see. Nineteen points, four rebounds. All right, those are all star numbers. That's pretty good against a top five team. Illinois. Oh yeah, yeah. Illinois is probably not a top five team anymore, but they're like all right. Uh, Whatever. This is a stupid conversation. Rockers. All right, he had a good game. Twenty five points. We can agree to disagree. We'll see what happens in March. With four rebounds. Whatever. So we can't do both. Whatever. You just said the national player of the year was trash, okay? I Yeah, you can uh, quote me saying that. You should play one-on-one with him, yes. Uh, okay. I think I got him. All right, let's go to Big 12, um, number 14, Texas, against number 18, Texas Tech. And both these teams are like – they. I think they peaked a little bit early. Um, both these teams looked like top 10 teams a little bit, but now they're uh, – I don't know. They're kind of slowing down. Texas got a pretty big one yesterday against Kansas, but they didn't look all too impressive to me. Um, and Texas Tech has just lost a couple of games lately. Uh, but both these teams are capable, I think, of, of maybe making a Sweet 16, making an Elite Eight. Yeah, you know, I, I like the Red Raiders in this one. They've lost three straight. They uh, did not look great. Uh, but I think, I think this is a game that it's theirs to win. Uh, McClung just, you know – Takes over games. Uh, that uh, that first got, time they, they, they played West Virginia, uh, I mean, they lost by 88-87, but he looked great. Uh, Santos Silva, you know, big rebounding, even, you know, not as a center. Uh, I think Texas Tech's a, a great team. Yeah, I, I agree with Jack. I actually love Mac McClung, and I've liked – I don't know how long he's been playing college basketball for, but it seems like he's been playing for a while, he's at, least, at least since Georgia. last year. I do remember. So I, he's experienced. They'll make the tournament this year, and I think they're a team that can make a far run. Uh, and that was a great transfer from Georgetown. I, I was I, I heard some announcers talking about McClung's chemistry with their coach and him, him being kind of hard on him, but definitely uh, being pretty good for his uh, player development process on his way. Yeah, I'd say it made him into an NBA player. Yeah, yeah, I think he's safe in NBA player. I'm going to disagree with you guys. I think Texas is going to honestly win this game. Um, I just think that their, their size at the guard position, okay, they run um, – uh, I think they run like three pretty big guards. Um, and they just have good size on their wings. Uh, Jericho Sims is their center, who's a really good defensive rebounding center, um, can block a lot of shots. Offensively, he's going to need some work. But against a team like Texas Tech, who they don't really have, like, a big presence inside, I think Texas actually matches up well with them. Um, and when Texas is shooting the ball well, uh, which has been a couple of games, I think they can really beat anyone that's, like, um, in the Big 12, maybe besides Baylor. Uh, but when they're, when they're playing their basketball, which is not turning the ball over, like, the games where they lost, they've, they've had a ton of turnovers. I think if they play a clean game, um, and secure the boards, and Texas Tech likes to really go after those offensive rebounds, and I think they could win this game. You know, that's a really fair point. Texas Tech is uh, definitely does not have the size of Texas, or I'm, I'm even interested in after that, they play TCU. You know, Kevin Samuel, uh, watched him, he's just gigantic and a huge, huge force. Him, Sims, 
uh, the, these Big 12 centers are, are going to be a problem for them. So it'll be interesting to see if they're, you know, quick shooting guards will be able to keep up. Yeah, talking about dominant, dominant uh, Big 12 centers, uh, the next game is going to be number two Baylor, of course, against 17 Kansas. Um, but, but Kansas, so I actually watched a game earlier in the year when they were, like, ranked in the top five, um, and they just did not look like Kansas. And then I, I watched a game yesterday where they lost a close one to Texas. Um, and the main reason why they lost that game is because their center, uh, McCormick, who's absolutely incredible, basically just feeding the ball inside into an automatic bucket, he got in foul trouble. And so I think Kansas wins that game. Um, and it honestly goes into overtime if McCormick stays out of foul trouble. But when he's on the court, you need to double-team him. You, you absolutely need to double-team um, David McCormick when he's in the post for Kansas because he's just so dominant inside. Um, and Baylor, they, they run an undersized center. They run Mark Vitello, who he thinks like like 6'7". Um, so they add the shooting, they add the athleticism, but they don't have like a big guy inside. And so I think this game's going to be super interesting to see if Baylor is going to actually double him in the post, which I think they should. Um, but that's going to leave some of the Kansas shooters open, and they just have to make shots. Yeah, but see, I have a big problem with Kansas, and this it's kind of like a program problem, not like a team problem. Dude, they, that, how do you have a program problem with Kansas? Is that they can't they are, their players anymore. They historically choke every single year. What? Dude, they, they have like – I think they have like 10 Final Fours or something. Smith, have they – They've been the one seed like eighteen million years. Yeah, they're a good. They're a good program, and they always like go out on the Sweet Sixteen or round eight or uh, late eight. And like that's a fact. Okay, but you can't say programs like you have an issue with a program that like loses in the Elite Eight. No, but it's like a different team every year. Like it's hard to. Uh, yeah. I mean, the one thing that stays the same is the coaching, which. I mean, give, give me North Carolina, Duke, Michigan State, and Kentucky in the Final Four, and if we're doing that. I think Kansas is good. I, I just I, I worry a little bit about their defense because their defense is not good. It is not good. Um, but I think if if McCorm- if they're going to double McCormick, you're going to have to have guys like Jalen Wilson, who coming into the, this game yesterday um, was probably Kansas's maybe second best player besides McCormick, um, and he had a chance to win the game on like a layup. And he just choked the layup and botched the layup. Missed. Straight missed. Did you see that too? Yeah, it was all. It was over. like it was a chance to tie, I think, in overtime. And he had a wide open lane to the basket for an easy layup, and he just he lost. Just straight missed. Like just, he, he's a good player, though. Um, he just has yeah. to make those shots down the stretch in order to beat solid teams. Completely. Uh, quickly to to finish us off, maybe in uh, we can talk about March Madness. Who we think can knock off Gonzaga. Oh, yeah, let's do that. And also, like, for the March Madness stuff, just a quick note. I think we're going to try to do one of these, like, once a week, or at least I will try. Um, and, of course, once we get to Selection Sunday, we're going to do our uh, our bracket that we fill out, the uh, After the Whistle Sports bracket, um, which we usually that do. historically done well. Historically we've only done one. We've only done one, and, and it's done well. So we're and it did well. It actually had, like – it had like eighteen hundred points or something like that. Yeah, had little... So if if you want to win your bracket challenge, like you know where to go. I mean, like copy <laughs> after saying that, I guarantee you we're gonna like. Yeah, you you messed. Just know, just know. Instead of doing school here, we all <laughs> we all research March Madness. 
That is true. We watch a lot of basketball, but you know what? It's always the guys who watch the most amount of basketball have like the worst brackets. Yeah, and then yeah, the, the chick who who picks based on their jersey color always is like, oh, we want Chicago Final Four. All right, so so let's go back to the question I had here. Um, teams that could beat Gonzaga, of course, I would say Baylor. I would say Michigan. Um, yeah, I think I think Michigan has a really good chance at knocking off uh, Gonzaga. I think Michigan's a team to look for like winning, as much as that. Yeah, they won a lot of games. Their Michigan's. I've watched every single Michigan game. Means me to say, and um, they are really, really good. And I, I you think know, yeah, I, I like Michigan too, uh, for obvious reasons. Another team who I think could do it. They could be on their side of the bracket as a as a two or a three seed is Alabama. I mean, they Alabama they're a similar team composition wise to Gonzaga, which is why I say that. You know, they both play fast. They both have great defenses. You know, uh, number two and number four right now. And uh, if Alabama makes more threes and, and finds a way to, you know, guard these future multi-billionaire NBA players, then uh, well, they can do it. it you, in order to beat Gonzaga, you're going to beat them. As much as everyone says defense wins championships, you're going to beat them by offense. You're just going to have to overpower them. It's not going to be able to hold. You're never going to be able to hold Gonzaga to 60 points. So you're going to have to score 100. And that's I Alabama. Look, I would look also at a team, Ohio State, who also scores a ton of points. And I think – actually, I think Gonzaga, Ohio State, and Alabama are actually really similar teams. Uh, just in terms of the fact that they all shoot the three-point ball really, really well. Um, you know, Ohio State we, – we know Ohio State can score points. Like, again, in the Michigan game, they were neck and neck scoring right with Michigan. Um, but their defense is just going to have to step up. I mean, Alabama is 115 points against Georgia in a college basketball game. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a lot. Is, is that the most the entire year? I mean, and you're going to need – I mean, obviously, Gonzaga's defense is worlds better than, you know, the University of, of Georgia. Uh, but they're going to need something like that, to, anybody, really, to, to have a chance against. And talking about maybe like a four-seed or a three-seed, I think it compete. Like, I think Gonzaga won't want to have this team in their bracket. I think Villanova is like a scary thing. I was literally about to say that. They are they, – I think they're a really good team who had a COVID pause at, like, the worst time possible. Um, but they have, like – they have the talent to, like, play with these teams. And they have maybe the, the best guard in the country, Colin Gillespie, who's a point guard. Who's another, another scary team that I'm not saying, like, will do anything – because they'll probably go in as like an eight or a nine seed is LSU. That team can score. Like LSU is an interesting. If they end up, I was just about to touch upon that. If they weird. like, they put up points. They they've scored one hundred and four points in a college basketball game. They've scored ninety four, but they also lose a lot of big games. But it just takes one. I mean, seventh in offensive efficiency, one hundred and fifty second in defensive yeah. efficiency. It's the same have, Iowa story. It's the same. But, but that's how you beat a Gonzaga team, is you catch them way off guard. That's the second game you'll play in the playoffs. We saw – okay, here's the thing. We saw Gonzaga play Iowa, and Iowa is the best offense in the country, and they got, like, boat raised. They lost, like, 20, so 11 or whatever. What, what are you talking about, guys? Dylan, you want to touch on uh, Florida State? Oh, yeah, yeah. This is our last thing to touch upon for, for this day. But um, Florida State is really just overlooked here, and I think it's mostly in part due to the fact that the ACC is having a down year. Usually we, we would be talking about them a lot, but I think they currently lead or in first place in the ACC. Um, since the 
um, start of January, okay, they are number one in adjustive offensive efficiency. And they are, um, I mean, they're top 50 in defensive efficiency, but that's not really what I'm talking about here. They are number uh, top 10 in offensive rebounding. Okay. And just from watching them play, they just have a huge roster that is definitely intimidating for a lot of teams. Um, and the fact that I don't think a lot of teams can match up with them in terms of like size makes them a really interesting pick going to March Madness. And they've won a lot of games that they beat um, since January. They beat uh, Virginia, uh, Miami, Clemson, Louisville, North Carolina with one loss to Georgia Tech, who's a solid team. But I don't want to see Florida State anywhere near my bracket if I'm one of the one seeds. That just seems like a mistake we're going to have. Because they're, again, they're another team. The only thing with them is that they're going to be like a four seed. So you want us to play them like right out of the gate. I think they're a three seed. I think they're solid. Yeah. They'll be a three seed. So you want us to play them right out of the gate. So like you'll have like, you know, like time to settle into March Madness. But they're another team that can put up that like a hundred point mark. And like that's something that can knock off Gonzaga and Baylor. Like easily. Just real quick, I just want to make one note of this real quick. So in, in the latest ESPN bracketology bracket, listen to this Gonzaga uh, bracket. So yeah, Gonzaga, you have Loyola Chicago at the eight seed. San Diego State is a nine seed. So it's like two, like, weird eight, nine seeds, okay? Wait, you say Loyola Chicago is an eight seed? Yeah. Right. I, I think they oh, can move up, but, but it, you don't want to play them in the, in the second. That, I would, I would uh, be yeah, shivering Purdue, if I was a one seed. Having to play Purdue in a five seed. Texas like, is a four seven. seed. Then, then listen to this. Listen to this. Florida State is the three seed, and Iowa is the two seed. So talking about, like, offensive firepower in that region, that is, um, yeah, wow. Um, I, you know, I don't think Texas can compete with them. Florida State and Iowa, I mean, both on any given day, well, uh, that could be a problem for Texas. That round, of, that round of 32 all the way to, like, the Elite Eight is just going to be 100 to 100 games. It's going to be great. It's going to be threes, a three parade. By the way, they also have Missouri in that conference. It's like another team that's, like, so up and down in the uh, bracket, I mean. Yeah, there's going to be teams that are going to be – they're going to be like, like, you know, like a Loyola Chicago, like 100 to like 30. And then they're going to go out and lose a game like 100 to 30. It's going to be weird. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I'll just end it by saying last year without March Madness, I am so excited for it this year. It's going to be nuts. This is going to be great. Hopefully we have no COVID issues because that would really suck. Yeah. Uh, what do you? Oh, sorry. Very, very quickly. What do you think about uh, Gonzaga? And I, I saw a discussion of like Gonzaga potentially opting out of their conference tournament. Uh, what do we think about that? I think you're gonna. See, I think you might see that. I was thinking maybe in the Big Ten you could have teams like who are gonna be in the tournament already just opt out. But I think that the conferences are gonna catch on to that and just make it like a rule to like play in it. Um, but that's something interesting that I think we're a little bit far away from now. Um, that's definitely a conversation once we get closer to the tournament time. Okay. I think it would be the smartest thing for Gonzaga to do. I, I know we're wrapping it up, but I think that would be the smartest thing for the Gonzaga to do ever because they don't get anything out of beating like these garbage teams. Like, there's yeah, no point for risking top 10 conference. The West Coast is a top 10. The o- you can only just give them COVID, which eh, on a team with. As many NBA superstars there, there's or injuries. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about this more next week.
I want to get some of the other news in college basketball. Um, this was we're just gonna end it for now. Um, thanks for listening to After Whistle Sports. We'll see y'all next week. But yep.